Hey ghoul friends, it's me, Adrian or Aiden, either way. I'm still your host and you are still listening to Susto, the podcast of Ookie Spooky Scary Stories. And we are in the thick, the middle of the month of October, one of my favorite times of year, even though it is still 90 some degrees out and it should not be. Again, for those of you who have not listened to this show and you don't know where I'm from, I'm from the Rio Grande Valley, which is very deep South Texas. And it's always hot here. <laughs> um, we don't really have seasons. It's usually just summer and then one day of like 50 degrees maybe if we're lucky during but uh yeah and also if you've never been here before welcome hi thank you for joining us hope you're into spooky stuff why else would you be here right and if this is not your first time here and you're returning thanks fam for coming back as always so i i was just talking to my boyfriend about this and i feel kind of like i guess not bad but like i guess more like sad or disappointed because i really really wanted to do cool stuff for the month of october and my idea of cool stuff was to like go out and do like like haunted tours and visit places and stuff but i feel like in the middle of a global pandemic that's not something that i am personally comfortable with so I, I and I know that I mentioned it last Halloween that I wanted to do like I had like big ideas for this year. Alas, as I just mentioned, not going to happen. <laughs> so thank you for being here either way. And I hope that I'm still contributing to your spooky needs. And you know what? We don't need it to be Halloween or fall or autumn season to be spooky. We can do this year round. And and you know that that's what I'm here for. That's what this podcast is for. So anyway. Uh, just wanted to remind you all that if you have not already seen or heard about the limited edition planchette susto pins, I have sent the first batch of those out. There's a limited amount that you can get right now in the month of October. After the month of October, I don't know how if I have any extra, like how I will be giving those out. I said like the, like it, the only way to get them right now is again to sign up for the best school friends tier. That's the ten dollar tier on Patreon. You get all of the benefits plus the limited edition pin. After the month is up, I don't know how I might do like a giveaway competition, what have you. And also if you want to buy an extra one right now, the only way to do that is to be a patron and that's going to be $3. But you could just get one included in your uh, benefits as a best girlfriend. And there, there's a lot of benefits that come with that. If you haven't seen it, of course, you can see all of that on uh, Susto's Patreon, patreon.com slash Susto podcast. So aside from that, again, any scary stories, any content, recordings, videos, what have you that you might have that you want me to share on the show and the social medias, you already know how to do that. DMs are open on Instagram, Facebook, and now Twitter at Susto podcast on all three. You can also send me an email at sustopodcast.gmail.com. And also, if you have or you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts and leave your story in the review and I'll read it. You know, you know, I always got to plug the socials and and all of that good stuff. But yeah, I'm really excited because I, I there was a good first batch that I got to send out. I've, I've had two new patrons sign up for this month. Thank you all so much. Oh, also totally, totally like slipped my mind. And that is completely my fault. I felt so bad about it. But I did not name uh, last month's patrons on the last because of how the episodes are staggered I like forget because I'm like oh it's not the end of the month yet that was my bad I'm gonna go ahead and do that for the month of September big shout out to the patrons which are Rachel Liza Alejandra uh, Mario Mark Sadie Spooky Lou uh, Joe and April thank you all so so much and then I will not forget for the month of October, I'm going to be reading all of those names or anyone that's still signed up to be a patron in next episode, because that'll be the last one for the month. So I, I'm, you know what? 
I'm human. I, I make mistakes. I'm getting better at these things. So I hope you're having a really great October. I hope you're getting ready for Halloween if you celebrate. I hope you're getting for Dia de los Muertos if you celebrate. We do in this household. I, I did see something recently in Hidalgo County, if you're from here, that they are not going to allow trick-or-treating this year, which I know it's really disappointing to a lot of people and it, it's sad for a lot of people. But listen, you know, it, it's it, it's for safety. People's homes don't have to function at like the state's health code standards. You know what I mean? Like we, we can't control what people do out of their own homes. And so I, I, I it's it's sad, but uh, you know what? I'll, I'll share this with y'all. If you have kids or you know people that have kids, I saw this cute thing online. This family, they planned for this year, what they're going to do is they're going to like make the inside of the house like spooky and they're going to basically like an Easter egg hunt, but for the candies and they're going to hide their kids' favorite candies around the house and like, and you can do that however you want. You know, you can make them go to each room and knock on the door and like trick or treat there. You can scare them along the way. For our two nieces who are still really young and into trick-or-treating, we're actually making them like Halloween baskets. Like we bought them little cauldrons and we're going to fill it up with a bunch of goodies. You know, there there are solutions. Like this is the time to like dig deep and be creative and really, 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 really and try and find some positive moments because it's been a hard year for a lot of us. And so I just maybe maybe that's an idea some of y'all haven't heard of. And if you do do it, let me know. Take pictures. Oh, also, if you're still dressing up or if your kids are still dressing up, because you can still do that at home and like watch scary movies or something, share your Halloween pictures. I love seeing kids Halloween costumes. I think it's so cute. I I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I do want to do something. I saw these like um, these like ponchos that have like a ghost face or like a jack-o'-lantern face or like, like a spider web. I kind of just want to do that, you know, not go full out like I normally do. We'll go ahead and get into the episode. Uh, as you've seen by the title, today we are telling the story of... El Sombrerón. In the folklore of Guatemala, El Sombrerón is a legendary boogeyman figure who also appears in other Latin American countries such as Mexico. He also is known by other names such as Sitsimite, Tzipitio and the Goblin, but generally appears as a short male dressed all in black. He wears a thick black shiny belt and black shiny boots that click when he walks. On his head, he wears a large black sombrero hat. He often has a horse and will braid its mane and tail. His favorite occupation is to court young ladies who have large dark eyes and long black hair, which he likes to braid for her as well. He will serenade and play his guitar for her, but will also place soil on her plate, and she will have problems eating and sleeping. His favorite time to appear is at dusk, when he can sometimes be seen leading a line of four mules around the city or its urban districts. When a girl responds favorably to his advances, he will tie his mule to her house and begin to serenade her by singing and playing his guitar. Sometimes he will dance for her. It is said by some residents of Parroquia Vieja and La Recolección districts in La Antigua Guatemala that when there is a full moon, he can still be seen at times wandering through the streets. One legend of El Sombrerón tells how an attractive young woman named Susana from La Recolección was troubled by this strange amorous spirit. Susana was the daughter of a woman who was the owner of a local store. She was very pretty with long dark hair 
and big hazel eyes. One pleasant summer night, she was sat out on her balcony watching the stars when she was approached by a rather short man dressed in all black wearing a large black sombrero hat. He was carrying a silver guitar slung over his back. He stood below her balcony, looking up to her, and he sang and strummed his guitar, and she fell under his spell. Luckily, her mother looked out and called her inside, but from that moment on, Susanna could not get the strange man out of her mind. In fact, he would appear out of nowhere, either in the house or outside, and begin playing his guitar and singing to her. Sometimes, he would begin to braid her long, dark hair while she appeared helpless to stop him. Strangely, each time she was given a plate of food, it was found to be contaminated with soil. It made no difference who prepared it or who served it to her. It still became contaminated, preventing her from eating properly, and her health began to suffer. Eventually, her worried mother cut her hair and took it to the church and asked the priest to soak it with holy water and to pray over it. The priest did as he was asked, and after a few days, the strange little man stopped bothering her. Another legend tells how one village girl went out one night to sit on her balcony and enjoy the light of the full moon. She was surprised to hear the sound of a guitar playing and a soothing voice singing a beautiful serenade. Looking over the balcony, she saw a strange, dark, squat figure in a large sombrero hat playing a silver guitar while singing up to her. Struck by the music and singing, she listened, but was disturbed by her mother who heard and knew who was out there and came out and called her in quickly. However, it was too late, for she had fallen under his spell, and every night the strange man in the big hat would appear and serenade her, keeping her awake all night long. One night, he climbed the balcony and entered her room and began to braid her hair as she sat spellbound. Tradition says that once he finishes the first braid, she would become his bride for eternity, but that never happened in this case. Although she was under his spell, El Sombreron likes to keep moving from one girl to the next, and he grew bored with her and moved on to another victim. Although he has them under his spell, Rather than marry them, he prefers to throw stones and dirt in their food so that they cannot eat and slowly starve and die of a broken heart. Okay, here's the thing. I've said this uh, in episodes, like in a lot of the earlier episodes too. And I feel like there's, instead of being like putting the responsibility on girls to not like stay out late and to not put quote unquote, put themselves in like those positions of like, as these stories allude to, maybe the lesson should be for men and boys not to hurt girls and women. How about that? How about instead of asking the victims to stop being victims, uh, we we ask the aggressors to stop being aggressive and stop hurting people. Just my thoughts. That's what I'm going to teach my kids, and that's what I try and tell my little siblings and my, my and my little nibblings. But that's what like this story is like dripping with those sentiments. Um, it's like the story of uh, the handsome stranger or, or dancing with the devil. It's very that. It's very like this girl didn't listen to her parents. She went to a dance and look. Satan took her. So I don't know. I'm like, you know, what if a sombrero was a little queer? We don't know. Like, I mean, some 
some guys or some non-binary people have long hair. He could braid their hair too. I don't know. I want to, basically, I want a gay sombreron. <laughs> anyway, so one of the things that I tried looking into is the, uh, what's it called? Like the, the symbolism behind like braided hair or braiding hair. And one thing that I found it's like a, it's a piece called Six Latina Beauty Traditions You Never Knew from Latina.com. And it's just like a really small snippet. I tried finding more, but I'm going to include it. And it's literally just this small part in this page where it mentions in Peru that you'll see uh, women, a lot of young women also wearing braids and that the braids can represent different things. It's more than just a, hair child, a hairstyle. So here it says, long braided hair represents more than just a hairstyle to the Quechua. The braids signify the marital status of Peruvian women, which I thought was interesting because this story is Guatemalan, but it mentions how if the, like the legend is that if he braids, if he does one braid, like then that woman is like going to marry him or she's going to be his bride. Here though, in Peru, in this Peruvian culture, it says that two braids reveals that a woman in the tribe is married while one or many braids means that she is single. So I was like, why is it just one braid? I would include this link in the Susto Google Docs, but that's literally the only thing about braiding on there. And I just read it. So, oh, okay. So I just found another one. This is from a website called dramatextiles.org. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but I also don't want to say trauma. It's T-R-A-M-A. And it's this piece called More Than Just Hair, The Meaning Behind the Ways That Guatemalan Women Wear Their Hair. It says conceptions and ideals of feminine beauty vary from culture to culture, moment to moment. This is something that we know to be a universal truth. As a woman, one of my favorite parts of traveling to another culture is exploring the variations in beauty, rituals, and practices. Okay, so this one, it doesn't really touch on braiding. It's more about like how they adorn the hair and how they use like a cinta, so like a ribbon, that the ribbon represents the feathered serpent, kukulkan, a two-headed serpent serpent. And I may have pronounced that wrong. And then that there's also a headdress that serves multiple purposes, protects from the sun, keeps the hair in place. And this is called the tocoyal. It's most commonly associated with the traje of the woman in Santiago Atitlan. Tocoyal is wrapped around a woman's head and looks very much like a hat, but with a crown. Again, this doesn't really read much into the braids. I was just curious, like if there is a, a significance, and this is what popped up when I searched like Guatemalan braids meaning, but that's because like, I want to know, is there a significance between like braiding women's hair, the act of braiding, like if there's any sort of like symbology behind it. <laughs> that's funny though, when I search Guatemalan braids meaning, uh, the El Sombrero call, it comes up as one of the, the results. So you know what? I, I'm thinking that this is a very like, I actually love when this happens because it makes it so unique. I'm having a hard time finding other stories of spooky or strange stories about hair braiding and like goblins because that's also how they describe the sombrero. It's kind of like a goblin. And and I'm, I'm not finding anything from like other cultures. It seems like this is very specific to Guatemala, which again, I, I like that because it makes it so unique and it makes me just like super curious as to like what is the origin like who came up with this story why did it start even the wikipedia is pretty short yeah like and there's not a lot of sort references for it there's only six of them here at the bottom of the wikipedia which is in the the susto google docs but you can also just search that one thing though is that there is a film it says in 1950 el sombrero became the subject of the eponymous film one of the first films shot in guatemala so there is a film from 1950 about el sombrero and i'll just i'll read the legend from the wikipedia it's a lot shorter than the story i read but it says in the neighborhood of la recolección lived a woman named susana okay so the story that i read i guess they borrowed from this i'll 
also the story that I read was from it's a it's a a WordPress called Under the Influence Myths, Legends, Folklore, and Tales from Around the World. Of course, that link's going to be in the Sutil Google Docs, um, which is on the Patreon. So here it continues: uh, a young lady, daughter of the woman who owned the store. She was a very pretty girl with long hair, big hazelnut eyes. One night when there was a full moon, she was on the balcony admiring the sky. Suddenly, a short character with a big hat and a guitar approached her. Her beauty amazed him. He sang her a song, but at the moment, her parents found out she was out and made her get inside the house. Since that day, she was not able to sleep anymore because this character appeared in the house. Also, that was weird. I was like, this dude is like breaking into your house and you all aren't like trying to do anything to him. Okay, anyway, it continues. This character appeared in the house or sang to her from the street. She was not able to eat either because every time they served her food, it was contaminated with soil. Worried, the parents cut her hair and took it to the church so that the priest would put holy water on it and would pray for her. A few days later, Sombrodon stopped bothering her. Culturally, the legend advises teenage girls to preserve the collective values of a society. You see, there it is. Um, Also, like the lengths that they went through, instead of like doing anything to this thing that was breaking into their home because the stories don't say that they tried to do anything to it or him they were like "Mm, no we're gonna cut off all your hair and then bless it what what which also reminded me of growing up I remember going to like the Basilica here in San Juan, which is a really beautiful church, Catholic church. And to there's this other, uh, I wish I could, I think it's like on the Basilica grounds, but it's like this like small, like kind of like open faced temple is the only way that I can describe it. I remember people leaving like their braided hair at the altars there. So I, I don't know if it's like some sort of offering or I don't know how maybe it could have stemmed from this all the way to like Mexican Catholicism here in the valley. Cause I, I don't know if y'all remember seeing that or if you've done it or if you've heard of it, let me know. Yeah, this idea of like hair as an offering, like is it like or something like that? I don't know. I'm also searching for if there's any folklore behind like eating dirt or soil. Let's see what this one says. This is from NPR. I'm going to put the link in the Google Doc. And it says the old and mysterious practice of eating dirt revealed. It says there's an old saying in the South, a child's got to eat their share of dirt. (laughs) Mammy Lee Hillman's family took this literally, but they weren't after just any old dirt. It says, uh, I remember my mom and my aunties eating that white dirt like it was nothing, says Hillman, who grew up in Greene County, Georgia, and he used to go with her family to dig for their own dirt to snack on. It was an acceptable thing that people did. White dirt is actually soft, chalky clay called kaolin and is widely used to make porcelain paper and paint. The mineral kaolinite is one of the most common in the world and the best known deposits are located in the southeastern U.S. Hillman noticed that only women that only women crave dirt. Okay that's interesting especially when they were pregnant. Today local stores and flea markets throughout the south sell and package dirt in small ziploc bags though they're labeled as novelty items. Everybody knows what they're for. Seeing those bags is what piqued filmmaker Adam Forrester's interest. Whether they tell you or not people are eating it says Forrester who first came across packaged clay in his hometown of Columbus Georgia. His new documentary Eat White Dirt takes a closer look at this bizarre under the radar practice. Whoa that's so interesting. I've heard of people eating dirt like like one of those like strange addiction kind of things that people eat dirt because of like the minerals that it has and people like it's one of those things where your body's like 
I need this. Or like when your body's like, or you, have you ever experienced when you're like, I want to drink pickle juice and then I don't know why. For some reason, like the vinegar, like has something early electrolytes. I listen, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I'm trying to explain this like as best as I can with like the little knowledge that I have. But dirt is one of those things. Like it has minerals or something in it. And so people will eat it. Okay, this part says eating dirt has a unique history. For starters, it's not a recent phenomenon. There's evidence that our ancestors were eating dirt at least two million years ago when Homo sapiens were still Homo habilis. Nutritional anthropologist Sarah Young at Cornell University says it's often thought that slaves introduced the practice to the U.S. from sub-Saharan Africa during the transatlantic slave trade, but she says this behavior was practiced independently among Native American populations long before Columbus arrived. That's also interesting. Hum. I feel like I'm connecting like all these dots. Like I'm, I'm just like, I'm a researcher basically. So then what's, so then in my mind, I'm like, what's the connection between like eating dirt as like a new, apparently culturally or historically a tradition, uh, a nutritional thing versus this story coming out of Guatemala that's saying that the dirt in their plate would make them not eat and someone starved and died because of it. Like what's the connection? It's like, it's good or it's bad. I don't know. And it could be just this like kind of typical story of love will make you do silly things or it can be dangerous. I don't know. This is so there's there's more to this article. Again, I'm putting it in the Google Doc if you want to see that. But I don't know this story. I feel like this one really stumped me like it left a lot of questions for me versus other stories that are like, oh, it's connected to this culture this way, or like this culture has this version of it. And this is, they say why they do this. But this one, I'm like, I really just don't know. It's like, it's one of those like super regionally specific things. Um, and listen, if you all know anything about El Sombreron, again, fill me in, let me know, because it, I like, I'm sorry, I wish I had more answers for you and for myself, to be honest. But this is so interesting. Uh, here in the Wikipedia, it says that he's also a boogeyman figure in Mexico. No, whenever I search it, it's just really that. It's just the same stories. Oh, someone did a Prezi about it. This is so cool. Someone did a Prezi about it. I'm going to put the link for this person's Prezi and this is a Google Doc because I think that's super neat. I'm going to read through the Prezi for you. Uh, this says, published with reusable license by Esmeralda Perez in 2018. Esmeralda, thank you for making this. This is really cool. It, let me... Okay, it says El Sombrerón is one of the most famous myths in Guatemala of a fictional character. He's like the boogeyman figure of Mexico or El Cucuy. He's also known and mentioned in some Colombian legends. El Sombrerón is known by other names too, like Tzipitio, the goblin, and in some occasions, Tzitzimite. El Sombrerón is described with the same characteristics in almost every myth he is told in. He is described as a short, old-looking man with an an opaque face dressed in black with a thick shiny belt he is said to wear a black large hat and boots that make a lot of noise when he walks oh wow this okay it says el sombrerón was born in a mayan village he had a twin his twin was soft-voiced and even-tempered but him he would always do what his parents told him not to do his parents tried to fix his attitude by taking him to a brujo. The brujo then told them to make the biggest sombrero that they have ever made. His parents made a sombrero so large that many heads could fit under it. El sombrerón was a troublemaker, so he ended up being stuck with, with el sombrero on his head for the rest of his life. That's how he got his name, el sombrerón. Esmeralda, email me. I want to talk to you. Where did you hear this from? It says, whenever el sombrerón is by himself, he likes to mount horses and braid their tails. If there are no horses around, he 
braids the hair of dogs, another thing he likes to do is to court young women who have long hair and big eyes. If there is one girl in specific that he likes, he follows her, braids her hair, and serenades her with his silver guitar. They can only hear him sing if the song is intended to a female victim that he is interested in. Ooh, that's an interesting detail that no one else can hear it. It says his victims fall in love with his songs, and they stop sleeping and eating, proceeding to waste away. El Sombreron steals their soul to be with them forever. What a terrible guy. This says, it is said that he appears at dusk with two huge black dogs that have big heavy chains and a group of mules carrying coal. When a woman attracts him, he ties his mules to the pole where she lives, he unlocks the guitar and starts singing and dancing. Some people say that he still wanders at night where there is a full moon. That, okay, see, so that had some really cool details that I had no idea. Is there any way for me to message this person? Would that be weird? Well, if y'all happen to know an Esmeralda who did a presentation about El Sombredon, let me know. I'm interested in the details that she had in there because I couldn't find them on Google. Like the his story of being a child. It may have been something she made up. Who knows? But you know, a lot of these stories start that way. So that was really cool. I, I'm, I'm glad that she provided a little more context for us. Yeah, the, I'm, I'm telling you all, I'm having a, lar- a, a large, I'm having a hard time finding information about this guy. And I'm mad because it's like, who's this dude just walking around stalking young women? And then people are blaming the young women. They're like, you see, you should. I'm sorry. I'm not gonna let it go. I keep like, and you know what? Maybe that's the point of the story. Maybe it's not to be like, we should uh, blame these victims for what happened to them. Maybe the point of the story is to make people mad and be like, no, why is no one holding this dude accountable? Like this weird guy that braids people's hair after he's hypnotized them. Ugh. Anyway, again, I, I wish I, I was able to find more context on that, but I think that makes it more unique. It makes it more mysterious. I, uh, you should ask your family members, your older family members, if they've heard anything about El Sombreron. I know it's a Guatemalan story, but um, there's apparently some ties to it in Mexico, even though I couldn't find something like a Mexican version of it, but we should try anyway. Y'all, thank you so much. Again, if you have your your own version of a sombradon, if you if you've heard anything about it, please send that over to me. If you have any other scary stories or scary content, including pictures, videos, or um, recordings, what have you, send them to me. You know how to do that. You can reach me on the social medias, on the reviews, on the email. Also, really quick, I um, Susto is now available on on Alexa. There's like a like an Amazon Music app now, I think, and you can find Susto on there. It is on Pandora now, I believe. So I'm really, really trying to make Susto available anywhere the podcasts are listened to. If you know someone that cannot find Susto on whatever platform they use to play podcasts, let me know and I will try and make it available to them. And as always, uh, make sure to check out the Patreon, su- uh, patreon.com slash Susto podcast. Again, those really, really cute uh, pl- a pin planchettes are limited uh, edition for October. If I run out of them by the end of October, then and there's going to be no other way to get them. If I have any left over after October, I will will find a way to make them available to people. Again, I hope you're having a great October. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. I'll talk to you next time. And don't let strange men get away with bothering people. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>